This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. It's time for the game plan. Toby Rowland is in the house, the voice of the Sooners. Hi, Chris. A lot smoother when we win, isn't it? A lot lot more fun, a lot happier. What what, what put Toby Rowland in a good mood? (laughs) (laughs) 45-40. You know what? Looking back now, that still is one one of the longest final calls I think we've ever had. 52 seconds. You were ready to unhitch the wagons pretty quickly. Yeah. I was too. But I had a horrible perspective on it because I was on the field and you see one, like, for instance. Which end were you on? Uh, where the play started. Okay. So I was, I was actually right North by. North end. Yeah, I was right by Teddy at this point. And when you see Michelle break free a little bit, you don't know what the end result looks like down the field. Mm-hmm. And by that point, everyone's head is kind of almost in play, so you didn't know if there was room to roam. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a wild finish for a wild game. We just wrapped up the Bob Stoops press conference, obviously. A lot of injuries to get through. But right. uh, what, what stood out? What stood out? Well, I think that's the big story. Um, you know, there's a lot to break down from that game. But I think the big story today is, all right, who do you have for Kansas State? And the uh, the injury list is a long one. Um, you know, there was some encouraging news with uh, Dimitri Flowers. Looks like he's okay. Looks like Will Johnson is going to be back. And and I, I don't know how big of a factor he'll play in this role, uh, this game. We could talk about that maybe a little bit more coming up. But uh, still a whole bunch of guys are question marks. We know, know Micaiah Quick for six weeks. Obviously, Tay Evans uh, has retired from football. But Charles Evan, Evans, we, or Charles Walker, we don't know. Uh, Matt Diamond, we don't know. I'm going to miss somebody. Parrish Cobb, we don't know. Uh, Khalil Houghton, we don't know. Seems like there's somebody I'm leaving out. But there's a whole bunch of we don't knows as this week goes along. So uh, we'll see. That's going to be a major storyline. Tip of the cap, big time, to the young kids who came in ready to play on Saturday. Jordan Parker, Will Sunderland, Chance Sylvie, Caleb Kelly briefly, but I thought they were outstanding. And Will Sunderland made one of the biggest plays of the season so far with that interception on the far sideline. And um, we know him now. I mean, if we didn't know him before, we know him now. I will say uh, it was one of those situations where when Houghton went down on the opening kickoff, it it didn't register with me how big of an issue that could create. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's too bad. They're retaping his ankle. He'll He'll get back in there. But then, you know, everyone started coming up to Sunderland. You're like, oh, well, I guess we would be in nickel a little bit more against an offense like Texas. And then when Ahmad Thomas goes down, you know, it would naturally probably probably be Houghton and Sunderland. Yep. You know, Houghton would then be uh, filling in that nickel and Sunderland for Ahmad Thomas. But you're already without Khalil. So then you bring in a guy in Chance Sylvie that, I'll be honest, I did not know much about at all uh-huh. until he stepped on the field and made plays. I, I'm just I'm floored. You could I'm credit floored by how smooth. I mean, it was. You, you could credit a little bit of that to him being here in the spring. He was one of the early entry guys True. who was around during signing day last year, and uh, you know I'm sure that didn't hurt the extra practice he got in the spring. Well, it's in the back, it's in the rear view, but it's still a special weekend, isn't it? It's it's one of those. Right. It's uh, so fun when you win, 
It's just a fun environment to begin with. Uh, I never want to change anything about it. I know there was some sort of push this last week, and I don't know where it came from that it needs to be somewhere else. But, you know, Toby, I don't care what the record of those teams are going into it. We talked about it a lot last week. It's still one of, it's the, one of the greatest days on the college football schedule, isn't it? It's uh... – yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. Uh, it's hard to sleep the night before. I keep <laughs> telling myself eventually, I'm gonna have called this game enough times that I that I can sleep the night before, and it hasn't happened yet. I I uh, had every intention of getting a good night's sleep, and dag- I daggum it, I woke up three, four, five times in the middle of the night looking at the clock, just seeing if it's five o'clock yet. Time to time to get up and get going. But uh, it was awesome. I mean, it doesn't matter that the teams were two and two. The energy and electricity and ill will between the two fan bases was alive, and um, it gave us one of the more entertaining games, I think, in this rivalry. And it uh, split right down the middle, like the stadium is. This game was split right down the middle. First half very much dominated by the defenses. Second half a complete shootout. It looked like Oklahoma had it tucked away, kind of like two weeks ago against TCU. And then here comes Texas with a couple of quick scoring drives, and they got the ball back there at the end with a chance for a miracle. And uh, you didn't breathe easy right up until you breathed easy. And But it was a fun day. You didn't breathe easy until you breathed That's right. <laughs> it was a fun day. And even, uh, even the last play that Oklahoma had on offense – when Samaje had to come out because mm-hmm. his helmet had popped Dimitri off. Dimitri Flowers had to come out. The Flower, yeah. Flowers was injured too. So you got a situation where Baker, as you look back now, was just going to try to dive forward for a few yards. And I, I credit Texas in that for getting the ball free. And then I'm glad it was brought up today. How about Bobby Evans Jr. Right. Getting a game ball for making the game-saving play. Again, Maybe. you never yeah. know what might have happened in that instance. Uh, but there's another guy that you know quietly had a really good day. For that the whole Sooners offensive on line had a good oh, really? day. How good was the offensive line on Saturday? Is Jonathan Alvarez? Bill Beanbow felt so good about that rotation that he never ended up playing. I know he's still battling uh, some sort of lower leg ailment, but he went with the same five guys the entire game. Yeah, no substitutions. Yeah, that's that's fire right there. Here's what I think we know about OU. I, I think the offense has got it dialed in. I mean, there were some there was some. Uh, uh, Problems, stutters, stops. Even Saturday, they shot themselves in the foot the first half. But, I mean, Didi's at full speed, and he's electric right now. And Samaje's got it geared up. And I think Lincoln's got it dialed in. Offensively, it's going to be hard for Big 12 defenses to slow them down. Yep. I think the front seven for Oklahoma is really solid. I, I think that uh, even with Charles Walker and Matt Diamond out, and hopefully Sooners get those guys back, but – the way that Jordan Wade and, and Matt Romar, Neville Gallimore, um, DJ Ward Did are you playing. Amani Bledsoe. Amani Bledsoe. I don't think well. he played. I don't think he played a ton Saturday, but he but he has played well. Uh, those guys are are being stingy, and the big linebacker group of Evans, Beal, Doucette, and Oboe, I think, has been really good for him too. Now there's. There's going to have to be less of that going forward with uh, teams that want to throw it all over the yard, not necessarily Kansas State, but the Texas Techs and West Virginias and Oklahoma States of the world. You're going to see probably more nickel coverage. But those guys have been pretty good. If they can get the defensive backfield situation solidified, and that is a giant, underlined, bold if, 
because now they've got injuries on top of poor play, then, you know, watch out. I think this is a team that can win the Big 12 and and maybe run the table here. But uh, there are certainly teams that are talented enough in the passing game ahead to stress them. And um, that's going to be, I think, the story of the rest of the season for them. By the way, there was a little bit of breaking news that uh, you probably have heard by now, but the game in two weeks in Lubbock will be a primetime game. Mm -hmm. So it'll probably be a little bit extra dicey from a crowd perspective. But I... We, by the way, that, that game time came out in the middle of the Bob Stoops press conference. Right. 7 p.m. Uh-huh. in Lubbock. And there was groans like it from the people that were producing it and in here. And I was like, it can nobody be happy about any game time? I mean, what what is the game time everybody wants? If it's 11 a.m., ah. Uh, if it's at 7 p.m., ah. Uh, if it's at 4 o'clock, ah. Sunburn. Ah. I mean, it just doesn't matter. What the game time is? This, you know, this should be the open to your radio show tomorrow because it's a great point. What, what do you want? <laughs> it's prime time now, and I know if you're, if you're on the road and and these guys at Sooner Vision, if you're on the road, a night game is not ideal because right. first off, you sit around all day and then you get it really late night headed back. So I get it, but from a theatric standpoint, oh, Baker's return to Lubbock. At night, there's going to be tons of offense in that game, and uh, that'll be fun. I don't remember playing Tech at night in Lubbock. We haven't yet in in our, our in, in our little uh, time together. I, gosh, my memory's so bad. I think I unfortunately remember the last time they played there at night was that the game Sam got hurt when Joey Halsley had Maybe. to come in. It, it might, it's been a while, but it's a. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Of all the environments I've wanted to experience. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to experience a Lubbock night game. Now, that could come back and bite me. <laughs> I understand that. But I've always wanted to experience that setting at night. Here's what I think the ironic awesome. thing is, and we're two weeks away. Yeah, we're looking ahead here. The ironic thing, I think, is there's going to be a ton written about Baker oh coming back gosh. to Lubbock that week and said in the media and stuff. And probably he's going to turn around and hand it off to Samaje and Joe about 60 times. Yep. Because Tech can't stop the run, and OU's got a couple of pretty good running backs. You know, you know the thing? It, it was interesting. We had Mike Stoops on the Coach's Corner this week, and uh, Mike's, Mike's been great in, in, on mm-hmm. the Coach's Corner. I know you listen. Mike and Beatenbow are great. Oh, Beatenbow is, uh, he's, he's getting close to that top spot on the depth <laughs> chart, man. Gail Gundy, you got to watch out. assistant coach rankings. Uh, but <laughs> he, he said something about the Baylor offense that I, I think I've really noticed in the continuation of the the growth of Lincoln Riley as a play caller when he was talking about that Baylor offense a la Texas a la what Tulsa and Syracuse uh-huh. you can go down the list now the Art Bryles kind of clones they'll continually take what you give them uh-huh. and that's what Oklahoma's offense did all day on Saturday. Right. They weren't going to step up and stop Samaj or commit more to the run they're going to keep yep. on giving and then when they do Boom, D.D. Westbrook. I mean, it was it was an unbelievable chess match on Saturday between Lincoln Riley and Charlie Strong. I think the most impressive thing for OU Saturday was this. Um, and there were some individual efforts that were record-setting. But the most impressive thing about the growth of this offense was in the th- late third quarter and in the fourth quarter, when they had the lead and they wanted to run the ball to work clock and Texas knew they wanted to run the ball, that they still were able still to run able the ball. To. Yep. And they go on a 13-play, six-and-a-half-minute drive, followed by a 15-play, almost eight-minute drive 
with you know trying to salt away the game. Now, the ensuing defensive possessions were terrible, but those two 28-play, 14-and-a-half-minute combined scoring drives, Texas knew Samaje's getting the ball, and they couldn't do anything about it. And I think that's really encouraging for this offense. Uh, real quick, because I wanted to look back to last year as we get ready for OU Kansas State. There were two – I'm never a depth chart reader. I feel like I know it. I don't know how much in the game notes matters, but a lot of the beat writers started tweeting about this, so it caught my eye. Jordan Parker is now listed as the starter right. at the corner opposite of Jordan Thomas. Where Micaiah Quick was. Right, right, with the injury. So he moves up over a Parrish Cobb or Dakota Austin. And I know Jonathan Alvarez is still you know, kind of battling that, uh, that leg injury, but there's now an or next to his name with Bennett Powers after the day that they okay. had the other day. So just you know, a, a couple of things. Matt Diamond. Speaking of guys that might be injured and might be back, he's listed as the starter still at defensive end. But uh, for the most part, it's it's been the same group throughout most of the season when they've been healthy. Can I add one more thing? I keep wanting to look ahead and, and I remember something. Mm-hmm. You know he's really played well the last two weeks and, and we just expected of him, so I don't think he gets mentioned too much? It's Jordan Evans. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Jordan, and Ted brought up a point on Jordan two weeks ago against TCU. There was a play – where TCU scored a touchdown on a on a run to the left side, and it was late in the game. And Jordan Evans came flying in right as he had crossed the goal line, and he crashed into the bottom of the wall. I think we even asked him about it last week. And Ted said, you know, you're not in on that play. No, he, no, he, he said, go ahead. And then after <laughs> I gave my take, he said, listen, that's what you want to see from your leaders. He's not going to be able to make that play, but that's not going to stop him. He's going all out. And when we talked to Jordan Evans during the week, he said, hey, that mindset starts in practice. Yeah. He's carried it over to game day. I, those inside linebackers have been huge. I agree. Stephen Parker, I think, has played really well, Amen. too. All that being said, you know, they got a fourth-quarter issue right now on defense. In the last two weeks, for whatever reason, TCU and Texas have been able to move the ball against them at will. And I don't know if that's because guys are getting tired or they get a lead and they're losing interest or whatever it is. But they're still giving up way too many points – and way too many yards a game, and I know it's driving Mike Stoops crazy, and uh, they got to start to to dial that in because, listen, you know, you remember that end over formation that Ohio State ran, mm-hmm. and they just they just kept hitting OU with that until they figured it out, and I'm not sure you ever did. That is Kansas State to a T. I mean, first off, I think they'll run the end over formation, but even if it's not that, Kansas State will find your weakness and just punch you there until you say mercy. And uh, with a defense that has been, you know, this porous at times, that worries me going into this game because Kansas State is the kind of team that is really good at scouting your negatives and making you pay for them. And on defense right now, Oklahoma's got some negatives. Well, Snyder will attack you, man. Yeah, he, he's, he's pretty good. He, he's pretty sharp at finding a weakness, and uh, and he's had success. You know, Bob Stoops was aware of it, as you know he would be, that uh, they've won the last two times they've come. Yeah. The last couple of times, maybe three times. But with that said. Two times. The road team's won the last five in this series. Wow, that's wild. Um, but OU, OU's clobbered him in, in destroyed Manhattan. Him. Destroyed him in Manhattan. Been every game that we've done in Manhattan has been a route, you know, for yeah. the most part. I, last year. Guys were leaving at at the yeah. end of the first quarter, right? To get out of there. It's all about getting ahead of these guys. I mean, if you can, if you can force them to have to try to throw the football, they're done. 
because that's not what Kansas State does. They want to beat you with balanced offense, lean heavy on the run if they can, grind it out, eat up clock. They're going to play solid defense and not make any mistakes and hope in the fourth quarter they're still around. I think they're really good defensively. I do, too. They've played Stanford. They've played West Virginia. They've played Texas Tech. I Oklahoma's they're not going to scare them with what Oklahoma's bringing. I think they're really good. Where were you a year ago? And it wasn't quite to the date. Whenever all your buddies were trapped on a plane on the tarmac, you were already in Manhattan, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> I, I drove to Manhattan, and uh, I remember because I was texting with you and a few other people, maybe Chad McKee who were stuck with the team. I'm sure the newsbreaker Michael Dean. Oh, was I'm sure Michael Dean yeah. was keeping me up to date. Um, I remember vividly going to bed, and you guys had not yet left <laughs> Oklahoma City. <laughs> and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I, my window was uh, my my drapes were open because it was dark. I sometimes I sleep. I don't know. And the, the bus was outside my window, it was like three in the morning. And I was like, well, well, they made it. And I went back. <laughs> I went back to sleep. Well. No, I I was fine. I had dinner. You're good. You're I had ready dinner to go. And, yeah, you guys had a horrible trip. We uh, <laughs> when we got back, there was uh, there was a couple of guys like we got it. We got to go get get a drink or something after all that. And and they had gone across the street and everything was closed. I mean, mm-hmm. everything was closed. You couldn't even the gas station. We, I think we got a couple of uh, of sodas, maybe a couple of uh, <laughs> like like trail mix and a couple bar. That was it. Nothing uh-huh. was open around the entire hotel. I, even things inside the hotel were like, hey, we're done. But it's wild to look back on that now, Toby. And as much as we can laugh and joke about it, it really became a bonding experience for last year. I team, think so. It? I mean, I, I don't know if that's what you credit or what, but that was the week that the season turned around for them. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't see any reason why Bob shouldn't bust up the team and take them out to AAR this week on a Friday. And... Uh, you know, make them sit there for about eight hours just to kind of see if they could reunite with the karma of a year ago. Did Chad McKee really bring Stan back a cinnamon roll? Really? I th- Is that I th- what that was? I think he did. Stan from the State Fair of Texas. From the State Fair of Texas. What a good guy that he McKee brought it is. up about six times to me during the press conference over there, and I was like, <laughs> "Man, I'll bring you one. I'll I'll go get it next time." But look at Chad McKee. Uh, all right, some final thoughts here before we wrap up. First and foremost. Uh, you and I on your radio show talked about the top teams in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite a challenge right now because West Virginia enters the national rankings. Baylor's just outside of the top 10. Oklahoma, one of the higher-ranked two-loss teams in the country, understandably so. Where do we look at the top three or four right now in the Big 12? I mean, do you have to, by proxy, put West Virginia and Baylor up there at one and two because they're both still uh, undefeated? No. <laughs> not if they're not the best team. <laughs> I think uh, Oklahoma is the best team in this conference. Um, I think probably right now I would say Baylor two, and I would probably say Kansas State three. I think I come away from that West Virginia-Kansas State final more impressed with what Kansas State did in Morgantown than the fact that West Virginia won that game by one point on their home field. West Virginia might be right behind them. Oklahoma State's in there somewhere. Texas Tech's in there somewhere. But I think right now, just based on the eye test, I think Oklahoma's the best team in this conference. I'd put Baylor at two and Kansas State at three. Um, but, I mean, it's there's it's splitting hairs, and I wouldn't argue with anybody who had a different opinion. 
No, it's it's tough. Let's let's not even try to get into the player of the year conversation <laughs> because that's one that's got several different angles, especially on the offense. We've got to do that right at some now. time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how about after next week's show? Okay, that's fine. Uh, uh, listen, see. I wanted to wrap on a series. Mr. P. Ryan worked his – and Westbrook worked their way yeah, into the, the conversation. Suddenly, suddenly a guy that we hadn't talked about for the first four weeks of the season, boom, is right there. Uh, listen, I wanted to wrap on a very uh, – on a serious and a somber note. Uh, we mentioned it twice on the, several times in the broadcast Saturday. But uh, sad news amongst one of our coworkers, if you will, and Craig Way, longtime voice, 15 years with the Texas Longhorns. His wife had been battling cancer for the better part of the last five or six years. He did not call the OU Texas game to be with his wife, and unfortunately she lost that battle on Saturday night. Uh, Toby, you're close to Craig. We're all close to Craig. You know, these rivalries, obviously there's there's uh, disdain amongst the fan bases, but there's a true love whenever it comes to a guy that we sit next to every single yeah. OU Texas game and uh, listen to any chance we get. Yeah, I mean, all the all the play-by-play guys like each other, and we get along, and we have to share information and do interviews for each other all the time. And so, there's no rivalry uh, among the broadcasters, and certainly with the closeness of the OU Texas rivalry, Craig and I have gotten to know each other really well, and and he has been kind enough over the last several months to kind of keep us into the loop on on what he was going through, and uh, it's been uh, it's been really neat to see. Uh, kind of that fraternity uh, support, one of their own who's going through a uh, hard time. But uh, just a heartbreaking situation, and uh, it was no fun on Saturday to look over in the Texas booth and not see Craig there. So, um, Craig, we're all thinking about you and uh, praying for you and your family and uh, hope better days are ahead and uh, can't wait to see you, I guess, uh, when basketball season rolls around. Talk more OU Kansas State later this week with the tailgate. Uh, thoughts and prayers out with Craig Way and his family. We'll see you Thursday. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Ah!